Hey, what's up and welcome to the Carrington Podcast, your home for all things Manchester United. It's day 13 of Euro 2020 and we've had a very eventful day of football, closing out the group stages. Um, but first, let's get into the transfers. Yes, guys, like Dan said, a uh, very nervy, exciting day, but let's get the transfers out of the way, then we'll get into that. Um, so we'll start with the long-running, never-ending saga that is Jaden Sancho to Manchester United. Thankfully, it's looking like there is finally some light at the, at the end of this very dark tunnel that we've been in. Long and dark. <laughs> very long, very dark. Um, got lost along the way in a straight tunnel, but yeah. Um, so, Fabrizio, <laughs> Fabrizio came... <laughs> told us today. Um, we've also seen some reports come out today and over the last couple of hours um, saying that United have submitted a second bid. Um, this bid, I believe, is around about 85 million euros with add-ons included. Um, now, it is not the 95 million euros that Dortmund have wanted, but it is closer to what they want. And with add-ons, it will get to what they want. Um, uh, Fabrizio has also said that it's just a case of um, sorting out things like when payments are made, um, how much is made, and payment structure, basically, that is busy being sorted out. But there is progress being made. Um, and there are reports. And he, he also said that... Um, the deal, like we said from the start, is only going to happen um, once the players' involvement in Euro 2020 comes to an end. And hopefully we and can be also, booking some medicals for the guy. Oh, dude. Yes, that will all be, be, be done once uh, England's participation has ended. And he said that the deal, and not just him, there are other reports that have come out and said that the deal is likely to, to finish or be wrapped up in the next couple of days or next week. Um, and it's just now a case of when. Um, but the deal is um, in the final stages and it is just a matter of when um, this gets done. Moving on to Trippier and the Dallo situation. situation. Um, <laughs> um, for that one, he has said that um, Atletico Madrid are demanding 40 million euros for Trippier, um, which we are in no way looking to spend on a backup right back. Um, he also said that if this is the case and Atletico will not lower their asking price after they rejected our first initial bid. Um, we might, like we said, we will look to keep Dallo instead. And we are not willing to let Dallo go unless it is on a permanent transfer this window or with an obligation to buy after his loan. Um, so that's the backup right-back situation at the moment. And then finally... He said that um, with Ramos now being pretty much nailed on to go to PSG, 
um, their interest in Varan has basically ended because they will not buy both um, Ramos and Varan. And you might think, okay, how does this relate to us? This relates to us in the fact that now we are the front runners and we, along with Chelsea, are his most likely destination. Um, Fabrizio also said that Varan wants to leave. He's looking for a change of scenery um, and that it will take an incredible change in situation and convincing from both Madrid and Ancelotti as Varan wants a change of scenery and he wants a different challenge and he's made this known, but his future will also only be sorted out post-Euros, as we've been saying. Um, yeah, definitely. I think with Varane, Chad, um, we did see recent reports that um, he feels unappreciated at Madrid, both uh, financially in terms of the top earners at the club and uh, just yeah. by the club as a whole. He's been a stalwart, uh, been there since he was 19, which is crazy to think. Um, won countless things and still feels unappreciated. I think that's something we could capitalize on 100%. But um, I think... Personally, knowing that uh, we've got a relationship with Madrid and centre-backs um, <laughs> randomly signing new contracts out of the blue, I think we we, we don't get too excited on that one, guys. Um, just because I feel like Ancelotti could possibly convince him to stay. Maybe give him the armband, uh, exceed his wage expectations, and I don't think it would take too much um, for him to stay. Time will tell. We all know he'd be perfect for us. Um, Literally for any team he, he signs for, he'd be he'd be perfect for. Um, but I think we do have an easier run at a centre-back chat. Someone you seem to uh, admire yes. a lot. Yes, as you know, I love Pau Torres. Um, and I would love to see him at United. And this is also something Fab mentioned. He said that if somehow they do manage to convince Varane to stay at Madrid, that we are likely to then jump on um, Pau Torres and his release clause. And contrary to what has been reported by some outlets and some reporters, um, Torres' release clause is not 50 million euros. Um, it is 65 million euros. United know this. Um, so if at any point we decide to go for Torres instead of Varane, whether that's because Ali just wants Torres instead of Varane or Varane decides to stay at Madrid. We know they're asking price and we really nothing to speak about in that situation. It's just pay 65 million euros and it's done. And that's been our reported um, budget for a centre-back. Um, going for Varane, it's in and around the 50 to 60, what we're willing to pay. We heard reports yes. of Madrid asking for 80, but um, that has been confirmed that that was just a fee to try and uh, chase off uh, pursuers for the player. Yes, that's That that's price true. would drop too. But um, definitely six, uh, 50 to 60 for centre-back isn't a bad uh, fee. It's average right now. That's that's the rate yeah. of centre-backs at this um, point. He did, he did touch on that as well. He said that the 80 million that is being um, reported for Varane is not true. Um, and that his likely price tag is probably closer to about 50 million um, pounds, 50, 40 million pounds, which yeah. is about 60 million euros as well. 
So that plays into our budget for a center back as well. So it's it's really looking likely that it's if it's not one, it's the other. So we will just have to wait and see what happens with that with regards to the Euros. Um and then Dan, let's let's jump straight into the game now. Spoken a bit about transfers. Let's let's jump into the games for today and we'll start off with which one should we start off with? I think Spain. Uh, Spain. Spain definitely. Uh five gold thriller in in quotes, guys. <laughs> if you can't see. <laughs> um yes, so I I watched the Spain game. I thought that while Spain were good, they were not better than they were in the previous games. Um, like we've seen in the previous games where they have dominated possession, they did the same thing, dominated possession, created chances, and took their chances this time. I mean, you don't not take your chances and score five goals. So, um well, technically, they only scored three, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into that. So, they scored their goals, took their chances, scored their goals, um, scored five. But I think it was also a case of, you know, Slovakia made them look a lot better than they were. I was very disappointed with Slovakia today. Another case of had their fate in their hands and fumbled. Um, I mean... They opened the group with a, a 1-0, 1-0, a 2-1 win against Poland. Um, that was already a good start. Then they just needed a a point from their last two games. And instead, they lost 1-0. And in the decider, they lost 5-0. 5-0 thrashing. Um, yeah, so I was, I was really disappointed with Slovakia today. They just... They were all over the show. They were sloppy. Couldn't hold the ball for more than two minutes. Um, but like I said, Spain are good out position and took their chances. Um, in the game I was fortunate enough to watch, I also got a five-goal thriller. A little bit more balanced, though. Um, Sweden taking on Poland. Um, Forsberg with two quality goals. Uh in the sort of number 10 role, I guess you could call it, arriving late for both. Isaac doing um, Isaac doing well to um, make something of a loose ball. Um, Lewa with an absolute howler of a chance. This dude, two open goal hitters, misses like in front of the goal. Um, he did make up for it, however, with uh, two goals late on. Um but I feel like Poland will be uh, ruining their their missed chances in other games. Um, it's again, it's a case of had they just shown up for this tournament on day one, they could have given themselves a better chance of going through. And yet they decided to play their best football in their final game. Um, but yeah, it was a really decent game. Good goals all around. Um, yeah, not too what, bad. What did you think... Um... About Vic's performance today, then? Uh, Vic, I thought, was was decent. Uh, really carrying on that uh, tournament form. Um, not really directly at fault for either of the, the Poland goals. Um, could he and his uh, centre-back partner help close down uh, Lewa for his absolute uh, banger, the second goal of his? Possibly, but I think the strike was just too pure. And again, with the first goal, he goes up to to clear the goal, to clear the ball uh, from the cross. 
and um, his centre-back partner then cuts across to, he gets ball hungry and just leaves Lewandowski open for a cool, mm. calm, composed finish. So, yeah, it was a pretty good game back and forth. And with Poland really playing some good football and trying to get the winner, they just left themselves quite exposed at the back. Some poor build-up play cost them. Turned over the ball to uh, Sweden and it was just KO after that. Yeah, look, there, there was there was a bit of craziness in this group as well as a result of, you know, any team being able to end up um, in any position from one yeah. to three, you know. Um, like, the, during the, 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 the game, I don't know if it was like that at your stadium, but um, you could tell when something was happening at the other game. Um, with, like, for example, I didn't touch on it now while I was speaking about the, the Slovakia game, but when Morata had his penalty saved by Dubravka, I don't know what the reaction was in the stadium there by you, but like, it was like, okay, I expect, look here, let me not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, composure. <laughs> I, I expected I expected him to miss. Yeah. I, at no point did I expect him to, to, to slot it away. Um but that's that's another story. Um, and then, you know, you're watching the game and you see, for example, Spain are playing, Spain are trying. And I was I was watching the game, and then when the when the Dubravka mistake mistake happened, um, I was a bit confused. I was like, "Are my eyes deceiving me? What what's what <laughs> Did is this happening?" Like, Did you, get you know, I was I was watching it, and I was like, "Okay, it's a simple, you know." Tap over the crossbar, corner, reset. And suddenly it's in the back of the net. And I'm like, is the ref going to call for a free kick for Slovakia or something? Like, did he get shoved as he was trying to, to tap the ball over the bar or something? And it was a goal. And I was like, okay, let me watch replay and, you know, check this out. But, like, the the fact that any team could have gone through in the group, I think that helped a lot. Um Maybe there was nerves from Slovakia and Dubravka. Don't know why they were nerves after he saved the penalty um, that went to VAR and things like that. But that's for another time. Um, and then he was sort of at fault for, for the second goal as well. Um, and then they did come out better, second half. Um, because they knew that, look, yeah, we might have three points, but we could still go through as one of the best place third teams. And then second half, they just imploded yeah i um, think definitely the the reactions from each goal on either side definitely changed the way the game was played um there was a point in our my game where things kind of like died down a bit and then yeah you just hear that um spain is handing out a thrashing and it's like the the mood has to like lift and then um sweden were going all out to uh try maintain top spot and that was leaving gaps for poland and I'm sure again the same with you. Um, yeah, no. Look, when it was when it was um, two two all in your game, um, the crowd was now excited because you know it's like okay, we're now gonna go top of the group. Yeah, you know, um, and then obviously that the last minute winner for Sweden and all of that, um, but you could feel the, the 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 tension in the air, even though it was um, a easy a comfortable win for Spain in the end. Um, but let us get into the group of death. Oof, the let group of us, death. 
do you want to kick us off with uh, Germany and uh, my favorite team of the group? Um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll start off with that that one. So that game, Dan, my goodness, that guys, guys, you do not understand. <laughs> As a Germany fan, that game was so stressful. Yeah, your nerves must good, have been shot, my guy. For a good, you know, how long was that? 60, 70 minutes? I was like, how am I supporting two two teams that stress me out, out this much? You know, it's just like... <laughs> so, guys, what happens is, you know, as expected, Germany, Germany dominates position in the Hungary half for pretty much most of it. Um Hungary break away, get the ball upfield in the first half. And don't get me wrong, good header, beautiful ball into the box um, to put them in the lead. And after that, they were just happy. Like that happened in like the first 10, 15 minutes. And after that, they were just happy to, you know, sit back and defend and try and catch Germany on the break. Um, and it just, from Germany's side, it was just, it wasn't good enough. Um against the defense. And I, I I predicted this. I referenced the North Macedonia game where we had the same problems, um, where we just weren't good enough against a team that's playing with such a low block and good defensive structure. Um, and I was watching and I'm just like, okay, what's going to happen now? And eventually we got the goal to 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 draw level one one and you're thinking okay nice good let's go we're gonna you know get the get the winner hopefully um and instead straight from kickoff don't know what the defense is doing but they go ahead again and it's just like what am I watching what is going on in this game um and I just I couldn't I couldn't believe what I was watching because again while this is happening the group, the table is changing, fluctuating constantly. Dude, I, mean, I think it changed so many times throughout that game. Like you, you couldn't so keep track. So many times. For a minute, you couldn't keep track because it's like you guys, uh, Hungary went two one up, and then uh, not too long after, uh, France went ahead, or not too long before France went ahead, and then Portugal's in tatters, and it was just like this was such a great day for football, man. Like honestly. Yeah. So, and then. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen? Where are we going to find this goal? And Goretzka pops up after, literally, guys, a minute after Danny's guessing Hungary again. <laughs> Fuck you. So <laughs> I, I don't want Dan to, to, to jinx anyone. I don't want Dan to say anything anymore where he's like, look, yeah, these guys are shit. Or these guys are, I don't want to hear it because they're going to fuck it up for Dan. Listen, guys, and I am now offering my services. If you do not want your team to lose, come over to me. We'll have a chat. We'll see what we can work out. And then you guys might get the dub. <laughs> you know. Euros has and... opened my third eye, my guy. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> like, look here. Hungary were unfortunate. Look, if in some world, all four teams could have gone through. I would have loved for all four teams to have to, to to have gone through. But unfortunately it wasn't the case. And Hungary were the unlucky ones to 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 fall short. Um and 
I don't think they deserved it. I think in today's game, Germany did not deserve um, a draw going off that performance. Um, they were lucky to get the draw, in my opinion. And it's just like Dan has been saying, and I know you probably think we are a broken record for continuously saying this, but Hungary are one of our favorite mono teams. And it's it's a bit sad to see them go out simply because they did take the fight to the bigger teams and they did, um, you know, put the bigger teams under pressure. They put Germany under so much pressure today. France in their previous game, Portugal in the first game, where they were they didn't deserve to lose three 0 there either, you know. Yeah, it was a, um, a late late game capitulation. Definitely yeah, not so a, 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 a um what's the word? Definitely not the way the game played out. I, sorry, Chad. The, the the perfect way we can describe uh, Hungary's uh, Euro twenty twenty campaign, and uh, I overheard it from I think it was the commentator of my game, and he called Hungary mm. a glorious failure. And I think that's so fucking dope because these guys, like Chad, I said, like we've been saying uh, all throughout this this year, is that they were at everybody. They were going at them toe-to-toe and they made this group of death worth watching because had everybody picked up their free three points from Hungary, then they can then rest players or uh, tweak their lineups against other teams. They forced these guys to play their best teams, to play their hearts out, to then get the result. Um, Chad, someone I've been... Uh, imp- well, I wouldn't say I've been impressed with, but I enjoyed watching Matt City. Oh, just uh, spite me for that. Day. <laughs> but um, a player that then had a difficult first season in Germany, uh, first season back in Germany. Uh, thoughts on mm-hmm. Sane's performance? And then um, how did uh, Hurtsens play today? Um, look, Sane, I don't know. Some other German fans might disagree with me. But Sane frustrated me a lot today. And that is probably because of I know how he can play. Mm. Um, but he frustrated me a lot today in a sense that he had he was on the ball a lot. And he had a a big, um, I want to say impact, but a, a, he had a lot of the ball. He saw a lot of the ball. He was very involved in the game. But his decision-making and his execution let him down a lot today and it frustrated me a lot because he took the wrong decisions. He he executed poorly when he took the right decision. Um, for the second goal, the, the, the Hungarian player, I think it's Schaefer, yes, he's not a defender, but he gets a run in, run in on him for like 10 yards and Sané just never recovers and Schaefer heads it past Neuer straight from kickoff and stuff. And Sane was just very frustrating today. Um, and I was I was asking, I wanted Sane to come off simply because he was just very frustrating for me in his execution and what he was doing on the field um, for how much like involvement and time and stuff he had on the ball. Um, with regards to, to Gerson's, he he wasn't very involved today. Um, it was more down um, Kimmich's wing this this game. Um, so Gerson's didn't really get to the byline. Um, he didn't really put crosses in. He he was a lot more um, 
muted today, I guess you could say. And that is probably because of the formation that um, Hungary played in the sense that they went man for man at the back, basically, with a back five. Um, what, what did they play? A 5-3-2, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and that nullified a lot um, what Gerson's was doing. Um, but German play today in general was just, it was a bit, it wasn't incisive enough. Um, and it wasn't in my, it was a, too much side to side and not enough intensity and speed in it. Like we saw against Portugal in that first half. And when, once they took the, the foot of the pedal a bit in the second half. Um, but I think that's also a credit to how well Hungary played today and how they set up and how they stifled Germany. Um, but enough about the, the German game. Let us move from one to all draw to the other in the group of death. What happened in France v Portugal then? Um, I think the two all draws that we encountered today were, um, you know, if you just look at our two draws, it's kind of basic, but the emotions mm. and the the roller coaster we were they oh, let's just put those words together the emotional roller coaster we were <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we we wrote today was was honestly it was great I, I think this has been the best day of football for the euros i don't care if it sounds sensationalist yeah. it's facts i think this last uh group has been the best um hour and a half of football during the euros yeah um it was just so fun, dude. And I, I'm like watching the game and I'm checking the table and I'm watching the game and I'm checking Twitter because Twitter's blowing up and I'm watching the game and it's just like, the, yeah. picture, picture being in a room with like strobe lights that's that's like <laughs> at you. And it was just so, it was so fun to just be a part of, man. And listen, the France v. Portugal game was, it was a good watch. It was really good. I think um, moments in the game, there were moments in the game where it was pretty flat. Um, mm. But as soon as we get res- uh, news from from your game, then the tempo lifts, and then it's like, oh shit, okay, we need a goal. We can't be playing like this. Um, and then roundabout, I'm just cutting uh, ahead, guys. We will get to the nitty gritty of the game. But I think once we got to uh, Germany drawing the game, then it was like, okay, we all through. Calm down. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and this is just it's, this is all credit to Hungary. Because, again, they made this happen. This day of football, this hour and a half of football, doesn't happen the way it does without the way Hungary went about this tournament. Scotland, I feel, uh, could kick themselves in the gut for the way they performed at this tournament. Um, mm-hmm. uh, another one uh, from early on. It wasn't Ukraine, Chad, but we spoke about um, spoke um... about them, how they didn't perform until the last minute. Um, England will learn to rule uh gaining performance over points early on. Um, like, it's, it's the little things, guys. Um, but again, what a, what a day, what an hour and a half of football. Um, I thought France v. Portugal was a good watch. Paul Pogba bossed the show. Um, La Pioche at his, at his best in that free roll. Um, again, against teams who are trying to play their own game, they kind of give him a bit more space. Um mm-hmm. And with that space, he was just, he was immense. The passes from him, casual, that, that set up for the Mbappe chance. The guy was jogging, he's cruising, he just takes a touch and he just, with no leg lift, nothing, he just sprays it out uh, in behind for Mbappe. 
I thought he was robbed an assist there because Mbappe low-key rushed his shot. Had he seen yeah. that it was uh, Pepe tracking him and he had time between um, the, the goal and when he received the ball, he could have probably taken a touch, beaten his man, or just taken a touch in, shoot. He's got the ability to do that. I don't. He rushed the shot, probably went for the more spectacular goal. Um, uh, again, that, that should have been easy 1-0. Um, for the first 20 or so minutes, Portugal were very timid. But again, as soon as like we kept getting um, information and they realizing that, listen, Germany are taking long to equalize, then they had to like yeah. up their game. And it kind of showed. Um, good, good uh, pen- penalty call from the refs. Listen, just a quick touch on that there. If the goalkeeper goes up to catch the ball, makes the catch, and the attacker nudges him, we see it Takes every game. Up. That's a foul. Yeah. So anybody claiming that this wasn't a clear pen, that's literally the reverse of that there. Because um, I'm trying to remember who it was. Um, I think it was Danilo. Danilo got almost clear contact on the ball, but there was kind yeah. of a fist in his face that kind of obstructed his view. So it's a clear pen, guys. Uh, Ronaldo, never any doubt was there. Um, and then that penalty goal really livened up um, Portugal's game. They started playing a lot better. The Benzema penalty, hell no, is that a penalty? Chad, you've probably mm. seen it between now and then. No yeah. chance. Defenders running That's... his line, um, going for the ball. Mbappe is running his line, going for the ball. They, they just about make contact and Mbappe eats the deck. Such a soft penalty. I don't see how the ref gave that. I don't see how VAR didn't intervene. I don't see how VAR didn't at least tell him to go look at the monitor. Um, so that was just a very weird decision um, and, to and call that is, as a penalty. This is coming off us being really impressed with VAR um, this, this year. I was like, up until I'd say yeah. three, three or two days ago, VAR was really doing its job well. We were comparing this VAR to Prem VAR. And we're like, come on, this is all we want. This is football. Like, VAR is working. And VAR was like, mm, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. And it's just been a shit show since. Um, Jules couldn't I, mean, I wouldn't say sh- yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say shit show. as just poor decision, by, especially in this case, poor decision by the ref. Poor decision to not uh, at least send him to the monitor by, by VAR. I mean um, that 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 takes five minutes because some of them that we've seen where they send the, the ref to the monitor, it's a second. He gets there, he's like, Oh shit, I fucked up. And he comes back and he corrects his decision. Or he goes like, Oh shit, I didn't see that. Comes back mm. and he corrects his decision. Going to the monitor should always be an option. Why it's not like the TMO in rugby where it's up there on the big screen for the uh referee to see, I don't know. Because why must what's so what's so special about what the ref sees on his little screen? We're all watching the same thing in any case. Yeah. While the ref is busy inspecting it on screen, most of broadcasters will put the challenge on replay. So why not just put it on the big screen? Let everybody see. Let the ref see, and that kills that walk time because it's all about like um preserving the essence of the game, and that yeah that two minutes of him walking to the screen and back it kills it kills the the momentum of the game. Look, they they are definitely improvements that should be made and I don't know why they haven't been made or at least looked at but we'll get into that another time you were about to mention um, 
another one of the players we've been linked with in Koundé. Jules Koundé, um, uh, yeah, he was very unimpressive today. Yes, playing out of position at right back. Um, definitely showed that he's not a right back. But I thought I'd try, I gave him the benefit of the doubt on the fact that he's not a right back. Said right back a lot in the last 10 seconds. But um, <laughs> I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, seeing like, okay, when you're on the ball, what can you do? I'm not expecting you to cross or find your man across the field, but let's see how your your passing is. And in on that side of the field, I guess it just wasn't up to scratch today. Again, he's uncomfortable. It's not his position. They were trying to arrest Pavard. Shit happens. Um, but yeah, I thought Paul, hands down, man of the match. I thought Griezmann was also a decent shot. I know an unpopular shot, but Griezmann did all the dirty work for a player who's known for what he does going forward. He was he was mm. so effective um, defensively. He was playing as a center mid at times, um, and for a striker or right winger to be doing that kind of work, that deserves some credit. Um, yeah, and not to say he was ineffective going forward because he was playing some quality passes. Like, I mean, uh, what more could you want from him? Um, maybe just missing a goal in an assist just for the the stat monkeys um, to jump on him uh, <laughs> for that. Bruno came on around the 73rd minute. Um, yes, I was going to ask you about that. How did Bruno perform today? Uh, I'm not even going to try and give you his performance already. Yeah, I know, bias. Uh, he was bad. He wasn't bad. Bruno was playing at, as a right mid um, when he came on. And he mm-hmm. came on in a period where Portugal were more than happy to defend. Um, so at times you mm-hmm. found him playing as... He was a right winger, but he was doing right back work. And yeah. that's just not where you want Bruno on the field. And it pissed me off quite a bit because uh, there's uh, two guys we've we've put on a fraud watch chat. I don't know if you remember them from the ah, early games. Damn. Um, so they they never left fraud watch. Let's make they, that clear. Let's make that clear. We we said okay, good job, clear. goal and assist, good job. But nothing from them today. Nothing. Nothing that I saw. Listen, if you guys obviously see something different, at me. Let's let's talk. Nah, let, let's legit. Talk. At me. Yeah, he, he always wants, <laughs> he always wants <laughs> to, to, to fight with people. Um, but yeah, so I didn't see anything from Bernardo. Bernardo was probably Portugal's worst player. And it took till the 73rd minute for him to come off. Jota, mm. I mean, he ran and he pressed guys. And I mean, you know, yeah, that's yeah. it. But uh, yeah. Bernardo Silva offered nothing. Um, I think that I saw maybe we were watching different games, guys. Let me know if I was watching a different year of Portugal. But I thought Bruno would have been a lot more effective. There were glimpses when um, Portugal started attacking a bit more. And he found himself in the final third, really trying to make something happen. Um, he and uh, Diogo Dalo accidentally interlinking with their play. And it worked mm-hmm. out because Bruno was through, played a pass and no one was on his wavelength. Unfortunate for him at the end of the day. Mentioning Diogo Dalo, um, he did make his first international cap for Portugal. What a time to do it. Well, well um, done to him. Congrats to him. Hopefully this gives him that oomph because let's not forget, guys, he might be 21 or possibly turning 22. Still a very inexperienced uh, player. Um, yeah. We signed him having barely played for Porto. Uh, he barely played for us. And AC was his first big season um, as a top flight player. So let's just, yeah. if he does stay, let's just give him, give him a yard or two, give him benefit of the doubt. Let's let's not be too uh, 
Look, guys, there is definitely a lot of potential in Dallo, um, and he can definitely grow into a a not world class, but a a great defender for Man United and a great right back. Um, but only time will tell uh, how he develops. But like like Dan was saying, um, again in this game as well as in the games earlier, the group was just chaos because yeah, madness. I mean, Portugal, the, the group changed so many times where Portugal were top of the group. And then they fourth. Then, then they fourth. <laughs> um, Germany are second. Then they fourth. And then they third. And then they second again. So it was just. I it was, was again. Chaos I was in the probably group at my happiest when I saw the group and Hungary was second. And I was like, yes, motherfuckers. And then I was like, yeah. I'm so confident. I'm a chat shit to Chad. And then let's. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, like legit, Dan, Dan was asking me, guys. Dan, Dan's asking me, but what, what, how does the group look? How's, how's it looking? And I was like, is it still 2 2 there? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, that means France one, Hungary two, Portugal three, Germany four. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's good, that's good. Been telling you this like, shit. What, 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 happens, <laughs> what happens if Germany equalizes? I was like, oh, okay, then it's a uh, France first, Germany second. Portugal third, Hungary fourth, and he was like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool." And he's guessing, he's guessing Hungary. I'm like, "How are my boys doing? My boys are, my boys are showing you guys." Twenty-two forty-four. I send this message. Twenty-two forty-five. Go. I'm like, "Oh, fuck off, Chad. Don't even say anything." (laughs) (laughs) So again, just a case of it was so fun. It was, it was just chaos. And I saw, I believe it was, um, who was it? Gary Lineker. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not sure if it was yesterday or the day before, and he was like the the decision to move to to a 24 team tournament, and the 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 four best place third teams go through is a horrible decision. It's made a horrible tournament, and and and, and this just proves once again that it hasn't because yeah. that fourth place team in Hungary had one point. And during the course of the game, they were second. second. Yeah, like madness, like, dude. And Ukraine, who who were out of it by all um, guesses and assumptions, went from out of it to getting through. And who so knows what they could do? We're with, not saying three, they're going to pull a madness. Points, guys. Yeah, with three points they went through, you know. They lost two games. One one, and they went through. So it's just like I don't agree with that uh, uh, statement. That statement by him, um, I think it's made. Yes, there were some boring groups, group deciders in like the the group A with Italy and them, but it made things more exciting. And- Denmark also went from fourth to second. And not every like, group's the same, dude. Like, exactly that. Like, Italy and them were boring, but Denmark, like, I was gassed for Denmark. I yeah. Was, so I like, was gassed for 60 minutes with Hungary. Um, I was gassed when I think there was a period where Scotland were doing okay. And I was like, yeah. oh, England are going to have to pull up their socks here and, like, actually, you know what I mean? Get her, like, basically up their performances. And it's like, this is what we want. Yes, everybody wants to see the two big teams play. But what um, people tend to forget is, 
how many of those big team games are, are high scoring games? Not many. Most of it's like a one or a two nil. We've been blessed with some really good games recently, but that's not always been the case. Let's not forget. Exactly. Um, and it's these little teams showing up and being like, you know, fuck you and your two stars, or fuck you and your, <laughs> you know, and and that's what it's about, dude. That's oh man, I was just it's it's been it's been decent. Um, quickly um, before we touch on fixtures for the round of sixteen, just a quick little note, guys. This is something that I've been seeing on Insta. And I just want, even if you are not a Man United fan and you're just listening because you know us and you're just being a cool person. Guys, we've seen how easy and quick people are to slate their own players. And we have been um, guilty of it too. Like if a player doesn't pass our eye test, we're like, oh, come on, man. Like, because you think back to what your team was or whatever. But, and this, I've, I've just now been brought back with the Dalo case. It's like, I've seen, we've all seen on the TL, Bruno versus Pogba. Oh, just get rid of them. Oh, get rid of this guy. Oh, he's not as good as Bruno. And Bruno's not as good as Pogba. And it's um, Harry or Vic or... Like, all of these stupid comparisons. Uh, Dino and, and De Gea. All of these comparisons. But it's like, what's best for your team? Support them. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. everybody's so quick to like compare what's in their team. And it's like, do you want no world-class talent at your team? This is a tiny Look, little, think, tiny little rant think, at United fans mostly because they do that shit a lot, dude. Obviously, not the sensible th- one. I think, but um, I think, I think we have too many people that think real life is FIFA. Yeah, 100%, where you man. just sell someone, buy someone, and it works. It doesn't work like that. Like I've seen people going on, even United fans. Oh, why doesn't like like I've said before? Why doesn't Pogba play like this for us? No, no, and it's just like. You need to realize circumstances are different. Teams are different. What Pogba experiences at the national team is not something he experiences with us in the Premier League. Exactly. And if you still haven't realized that, and you're a United fan that watches the game, every single game, and watches Pogba and whatever, and you still haven't realized that, then I don't know what you're watching. And and you, I don't know... You, you I don't know why you're going on... Because it's it's a case of then like you just you're trying to push an agenda against this player or and for it's this a player, other player for your club. That's yeah. Thing. Like listen, I'm I'm I've not to say I had a Maguire agenda, but listen, guys, I'm I'm man enough to be like I I fucked up with some of my opinions on Harry, but it was yeah. at a time where you think about it, we paid eighty for Harry, and you're thinking, oh, for for eighty we could have signed Skriniar for sixty, or we could have signed uh, this guy for forty, or and that's what we human. That's what drives your 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 mental. But once you realize, you know, there's probably no better besides Van Dyke, better center back in England than Harry. And you see how Harry's helped the team. You gas him, and you're like, you know, fuck yeah, this is our guy. And too many people are like, oh, Paul Pogba performs now and then for us. But when he performs, you'll 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 speak about how bad he was on such a day and on such a day. Why not just guess the day he was good? Which, if you actually watch the games, you know he's almost every single game. And then you... Last thing, guys, because this was just a tiny... This was off script and everything. <laughs> Chad knows. Chad's like giving me this look. But last thing with this, guys, it's a case of stop letting rival fans push their agendas and let it adjust to your... Adjust your agendas or your thinking. Just because they have an agenda against this player in your team. Doesn't mean you must be like, oh shit, maybe he is bad. 
come on, like, it's, it's just grow up, basically. That's my tiny little, uh, thanks for coming to my TED Talk, guys. <laughs> yes, guys, one thing you need to realize about Dan is that he gets distracted very easily. So things like this are very normal. For Get the used to us. it. That's going to happen he, a he, lot. He, yes, yes, he, he did the same thing. I think it was last night where we were supposed to be recording the episode, but instead he distracted me with bullshit hypotheticals for an hour and made me very upset and annoyed with the bullshit he was talking. Anyways, <laughs> let's get into the fixtures. Um, so I think if you don't know the teams that are through, I'll list the teams that are through. Um, Group A, Wales, Italy, and Switzerland. Um, Group B, Belgium, Denmark. Group C, Netherlands, Austria, and Ukraine went through. Group D, England, Croatia, Czech Republic. Group E, Sweden and Spain. And in Group F, the heavyweights, France, Germany, and Portugal went through. And then we'll get into the matches. Um, so round of 16 matches start Saturday. So luckily for you guys, you have two days off from us speaking our minds whether you agree, disagree, you have two days off. You can relax, have fun, and we'll and, come back to... And soak up the old shit, guys. Go listen to episode one yeah. again. And then come back just, to us and know, be like, look how wrong you are. And then we'll be like, we weren't fucking wrong. We just weren't right in that moment. And then we're going <laughs> to argue. Come on, guys. Give us a listen. Okay. Give us a share. Download as well. So, the, 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 we start the round of 16 on Saturday. Um, with the first game of the day being Wales v Denmark, then later game, no, 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 sorry, lost my words there. The later game is Italy v Austria. Um, then Sunday we have Netherlands versus Czech Republic first game, Belgium v Portugal second game of Sunday. That is going to be a very interesting game. I think similar to to England that Portugal's manager and tactics are holding that squad back. Anyways, let's move on. Um, Monday, first game, Croatia-Spain. Second game, France v. Switzerland. And then Tuesday, to end off the round of 16, we have England v. Germany in the first game and Sweden v. Ukraine in the second game. Um, And that is our round of 16, guys. Uh, Guys, if you are keen to uh, see Jaden Sancho in a Man United shirt. It may happen on Wednesday next week. Because um, Ed Southgate <laughs> is not taking in this. Dan, I literally told you about this bullshit. <laughs> of, and now you're cursing. No, no. Stop your bullshit. Stop. The jinx is active, see... my guy. It's out there. No, stop <laughs> your shit. You, you are prolonging something. Stop your shit. Oh, um, you're prolonging something. No one wants to be prolonged. No one wants to see England in this tournament for any longer. No one wants it's to the see same, man. Southgate's Sanchez. a fraud. He, he got the job on a technicality. He's a fraud. A technicality. <laughs> oh. Oh, but anyway, thanks for tuning in, guys. This. Tune in Saturday. Actually, Sunday. We'll record Saturday, release Sunday. Yes, sir. The next episode. So enjoy your days off, guys. And if any Cheers. transfer news pops up between now and then, you will then be hearing yes. from us, so yes. uh, deal with it. If, if for whatever reason the Sancho deal is done Thursday or Friday, we will be uh, speaking about it, as unlikely as that might be. But like, share, follow, subscribe, download. Oh yes, 
guys, if you do not follow our Twitter, go follow that. That is at Pod Carrington, I think. Yes, sir. Um, and then on Facebook, Dan. La uh, Carrington Pod. Made it easier. There we go. You can see yeah, I made yeah. the, the Facebook page. No, 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 no. That was all Twitter's doing. I didn't bother changing that. We Anyways. will be on uh, Insta soon, guys, but that's more likely towards the start of the Prem season um, when yeah. we've actually got video for you guys. Um, it's just. Oh, yes. Speaking of the Prem season, we I forgot to mention it yesterday. Yes, sir. We did release our preseason schedule. So we are playing Derby, um, Brentford. Um, going on? And there's, there's a fourth one. There's a third and fourth. Derby, Brentford, and is it Norwich? But, What's going on? Yeah. Are we in the championship, my guy? Yeah. Um, Brentford and Norwich are Premier League now. Please show no, some but, respect. But I'm just saying. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yes, we'll see what happens. And I'll get all the fixtures for the next episode or before prison, whenever that is. We can always tweet um, it out for them. Yeah, it's not a problem. But like I say, guys, like, share, subscribe, all the nice things. And we'll see you on Saturday, Sunday. We'll Saturday, still be Sunday. Teaching, but yeah. Yeah, man. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Thank you.